Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacino, and I'm very excited to have the one and only Mr. Teague Shoop on with us today. Teague, how you doing, my buddy? Good, good. How are you doing, man? I uh, can't complain. It's uh, yeah. Conference Football Championship Sunday, so... No kidding. We got a time limit, right? We got a, <laughs> we, we got a timer set? Yeah. We got a timer set, and we're ready to go. Uh, uh, excited to be here. Excited to have you on. I know this has yeah, been a, uh, yeah. a long time coming. Can you uh, no give a quick, quick introduction to the listeners to who you are? Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so uh, as he stated, Teague Shoop. Uh, I am a photographer from Wisconsin in the, uh, I call it the New York adjacent area. I live in New Haven, Connecticut, but it's a lot cooler to say uh, <laughs> New York area. But yeah, so I've been I've been photographing now for a little over two years, which I know for, for most artists isn't a very long time. Uh, and I'd say I kind of just came into my own style in the last year or so last year and a half so uh i'm i'm mainly uh, a street photographer but right now i'm kind of moving into uh more avenues with some editorial fashion work some shooting behind the scenes um of movies and that kind of thing so you know really just trying to not only explore this art form but also you know explore my own style and what i can apply it to so yeah that's a little a little bit about myself First of all, I love that. I didn't realize that we were very similarly at the beginning stages of our journeys because yeah, I just yeah I just started uh, August twenty twenty, so you know three and a okay. half years or so. Right, mine, right. Uh, which is which funny because cool. like yeah, that feels like such a long time because of like oh, yeah. growth and those <laughs> things. But like then you'll hear somebody talk like, "Oh, I've I've had a camera in my hand since I was four years old," and you're like, "Yeah." Wow. You know, it's it's very funny, Teague. Honestly, uh, going back when my parents sold their house a couple of years ago, um, I did always have a camera in my hand. I, I used to make really? my parents get me disposables all the time, and I didn't okay. know that until they sold their house, and I found, like, all these photos that I took on, like, disposables, no which is, yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. Well, yeah, and it's – so uh, also, what – I mean, you don't have to disclose this. What year were you born? 1985. I'm a beautiful 38-year-old man. Okay. So, yeah, like uh, – do you remember like we had so i'm from wisconsin i mentioned that but like small town one grocery store and the whole like county kind of thing and i remember specifically like the disposable bin that mm -hmm. you put it in and they'd send it off and whatnot i remember that so vividly and i remember doing the same thing um i wonder how many people got started with disposables you know everybody i mean, I mean well, everybody Be you know yeah. like i distinctly remember my parents had a polaroid camera um which i don't okay. have uh it doesn't really work anymore um, oh, but like so the you giant have it? one, yeah, I still have it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It, it, I I remember the sound as a kid because like we we found some old Polaroids when we were cleaning out the house and some yeah. and a lot of the old photos that we took, which is cool. Um, which we'll talk about digital and film soon for sure. Sure, sure. Um, we'll get into it. <laughs> but I remember the noise as a kid. I remember dropping them off like R.I.P. to Broadway Photo and Video in Caldwell, New Jersey. Uh, okay. Oh man, like I just remember we would go there. Like you know, you'd go on a Friday night, you'd rent a, a movie. Right. You would yep, go yep, yep. pick pick two, three movies for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I guess we were buying a lot of disposables. Um, right. I don't remember my parents having like any like point and shoot cameras, but my dad did have right. like uh, I have it now. I, I don't know if it's an F2 or a Nikon F3 or whatever. It's okay. an old camera, like from yeah. the 60s or something. So, yeah, sure, sure. it was always part of my life. And it just took me 35 right. years to uh, to get there. To realize that you like actually liked it yeah. yeah which is like if i could 
Okay, so funny enough, I kind of same thing. We had like, you know, point and shoot digital cameras when I was, you know, younger. Because I'm a little bit younger. I was born in 94. But um, so like I got to see kind of the transition into like the little Kodak point and shoots that mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> um, so but I, I would use those all the time. We'd go on, you know, we went on two family vacations during that like recession in 08. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got like money back or whatever. And I remember like taking that thing and just like taking pictures of the most random stuff. Uh, but just because it was so cool that I got to like take a picture of something and it was mine. But then I never, I never touched it again. Funny enough, until like the 2016 Fairy Light Brandon Wolfel kind of that era. Uh, I bought like a Canon Rebel off of Amazon and like did it for a little bit. But then that like the idea of aperture and shutter and all that stuff was so daunting that I like mm-hmm. I wasn't good at it right away, so I just dropped it and then finally like 10 years after that you know kind of got back into it it's so funny how like it it, you wind back up in the place that you're supposed to be 100 percent. i think that's partially the beauty of life and also like yeah slightly annoying parts like could you like maybe made me realize this like 20 years earlier but right right it is it is what it is uh for sure obviously it seems like it's always been sort of part of your life but talk to me about the last couple years as you've been obviously taking more seriously getting more um opportunities and sort of like what the career path has led you to over the last you know two and a half years um it was kind of a a strange and roundabout way of of kind of coming into it and i will say like shout out the pandemic i guess uh you know and and you hear about that a lot like they they talk about like the great leave of professional careers and whatnot but like i i never gotten to spend that much time just kind of doing nothing and spending time with myself and i was i for the past in 2020 for the past three or four years i'd been bodybuilding and a lot of that time, you know, obviously bodybuilding, you're posting pictures of yourself. It's so much external, you know, validation and stuff to do with like posting and, and posing and whatnot. And during that, I had like a, a revelation of like, oh, there's going to be a time where this fades, you know, where my body that I'm getting attention for and putting self-worth into is no longer going to bring me that same feeling. And I had a really like urgent need to create something uh, external that didn't have to do with myself. Um, And funny enough, I got the idea. I was like, man, you know, I'm thinking of like all these pro basketball and football players that take up golf in their later years because they can still be competitive for a long time. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, me thinking like, all right, I'm going to quit bodybuilding and golf. (laughs) um, I was like, uh, I saw a couple videos of like film aesthetic TikToks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of something that I like, you know, like just just taking more aesthetic pictures. I'd always been kind of artistically minded, um, but it was like a high school musical thing. I had to kind of pick like being an athlete or being an artist. Yeah. And I picked being an athlete. So then finding like this artistry later on, um, I bought I bought a, a camera off of eBay, a $50 film camera. Nice. Um, it it was uh, a Canon. So it was a Canon TL. And okay. if you look it up, you can't even find it. I have no <laughs> idea why I picked that one. And I went Because there's 50 bucks. I, exactly. 50 <laughs> bucks. And there's like the TL, the QL, the, you know, there's all these like. I had a QL. One-off. A Canon Canonet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're like, there's all these letter Canon, whatever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. 
I went, so I got that and I loved the idea of film. So I was taking it with me everywhere. I was taking pictures. A, I didn't know that there were settings. So I just was like, you know, just taking pictures of everything. B, the first role I sent off was to Walgreens. Of mm-hmm. course it came back blank. And I was like, damn, this sucks. Um, but then I went through 15 roles before I got the first one to ever work. Oh, shit. I, like, I, I asked so many of my friends. Because then I was like, I was determined to make it work. Because it didn't work right away. I think had it worked right away, I don't know what my relationship yeah. would have been like. So I kept like delaying the gratification, right? Yeah. So I'd like do two roles and one friend would be like, dude, it's the shutter speed. You got to mess with the shutter speed. So I'd mess with the shutter speed and they'd be like, I'd turn it into Walgreens. They'd be like, there was light, but there was nothing <laughs> else. And I was like, okay, we're getting closer. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I asked another friend and one of my friends was like, you could tell uh, what the pictures look like. If you take the film up and hold it to light, you could see the pictures. So I'd shoot a roll, pull it out, look it up, and be like, there's nothing. I screwed it up again. Um, yeah, so in that very then, moment. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in, so in the process, I kept getting closer and closer. And then I was going to, uh, to Wisconsin for Christmas with my girlfriend, and I brought a couple rolls. I had a, a Pentax K1000. Nice. Um, and I shot these rolls. We went to a Packer Browns game on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. uh, and I shot I shot a roll there. And then we were walking around Madison, Wisconsin, and I shot a roll there. And they ended up coming out, mm-hmm. and I was like, in it. That was immediately hooked. I I've never felt anything like that from like hitting game winners in basketball, from like throwing touchdowns to competing on a bodybuilding stage. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. felt like how i how i felt when i got those first pictures back and then you know i'll tell you a bunch of more stuff about you know from now until then but uh that feeling was pretty do you remember your first roll of film well uh, other than yeah. the disposables so film wise um right when the pandemic started um i i started a job like the i started a job march 9th march 11th we went fully remote sure um so I was home all the time, not doing anything except work and like yeah. dr- drowning in my inefficiencies as a person. Mm-hmm. Like it just was like very socially uh, isolating. And I was with my family and it wasn't like it was bad. Right. There was nothing. Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody who was single during the pandemic can relate <laughs> to the fact that it was just like a very bizarre time. We were doing fucking FaceTime dates and like there yeah, was no exactly right. there was no there was no creative outlook. There was nothing like I was playing video yeah. games, I was watching movies, and I was getting drunk like every night. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. when when August came and I got let go from my job, the what I got were, a very, pause. What what were you doing for work? I was working for a real estate development company. Okay, okay. So it was like the quick flash in the pan, six months out, like, you know, just like yeah. bad life timing, whatever. And I sure. was like devastated, lost. My life is over. Um, so I got a great severance package. I bought a Leica M6 and I that literally. That was your first camera? No, no, no. It wasn't my first camera. Um, Whoa, my, but... my very first camera that I bought was like, I was my 23rd or 24th birthday. My buddy owns a camera store. I bought like the Ooh. Canon something something uh i don't know which one it was but i bought it and it promptly went in my closet and i never touched it again yeah yeah so 
I, I had over time, like from 25 to whatever, 35, when I, when I went through this, I, I would like, I would always buy shit, but it was, ne- sure. I was never used. Right. Yeah. So at some point in like two, like the first X 100 F, like I bought that yeah. for like six weeks and then sold it. Like I just, I never felt a real connection to it. I was like, Oh, I like watching these YouTube videos and then I'll buy a camera and then I'll pretend I'm a photographer for five minutes and then like get rid of everything. Right. Um, so I did that repeatedly like a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then it wasn't until the pandemic when i was like i'm gonna like just really strip back and try to figure out what i want to do with my life and i was like i want i, I went on a cross-country trip just me my jeep and i uh had a i had a hassle i bought a hasselblad 500 cm and a like m6 and okay. i was like i'm gonna just go on this trip with no plan and no destination and i'm gonna just shoot and take photos and see yeah. if like this is the thing that i uh and meant to do and it was and uh there are a lot of photos from that trip that i love and a lot of them that i think with the benefit of hindsight were like telling a story of like how i was feeling right and yeah yeah isolated so i was shooting a lot of individual subjects like i was in chicago and i was shooting people alone right because i was Mm -hmm. feeling alone (laughs) right and like throughout the course of the trip I realized what I was doing with taking the photos was really expressing how I was feeling, which was a, yeah. was a cool understanding when that struck me. And well, that was, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that was sort of what, uh, what set it off. And then yeah, ever since then, I, I'd like, I've been doing it full time and, uh, which I quickly, crazy. yeah, I bought a, I bought a Canon R5 when I got back from my trip. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I just, you know, I just started networking like crazy and, you know, right. here we are three and a half years later and I'm, I'm doing it and it's, yeah. it's everything I could have hoped for and dreamed for. And that's not to say I have like the best anything, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I've, I've gotten to the point where like, I'm doing everything I want to do and right. Like fulfillment wise, exactly. Fulfillment wise. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like a shift because like, you know, you go from three and a half years ago to where I had a huge high paying job and I was like, this is what life is about, like making right. all this. And then you reassess. Um, yeah. What was uh, what was the photo for you uh, on that trip that like triggered for you? Like, do you remember the so, specific image? Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll send it to you specifically after this. But um, so, like I said, we were walking around Madison and it was, you know, there's this thing when you're photographing and I'm obviously sure that you've come across it a million times. We're like, you're not supposed you were like supposed to leave but you decide to go down a street that you don't normally go down or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like divine timing you're like holy shit of course of course this is you know the thing so that kind of happened for us we were around the capital in madison and it was really foggy it was like the day before it was christmas eve there's no snow on the ground in wisconsin which is very weird mm-hmm. and we were about to leave and then there's this terrace overlooking, I think it's a lake, but I don't remember specifically. There's like a body of water right next to the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's just go over there and look. Well, we go over to look and obviously it's foggy. You can't see anything past 20 yards. Um, so we're kind of just standing there. And then I look down and the terrace is overlooking like a, a street going. And I look down and there's a fisherman just by himself, you know, casting out into this body of water and I climbed up on this and I have a video and I'll send it to you. I climb up on this like a uh, light fixture, totally not safe overlooking this, like, you know, the railing, I surpassed that. I like lean down 
Pentax K1000 50 millimeter lens and I take it and like while my style has changed, you know, since then, I still am like, I love this photo. Like, the, mm. you know, it's a great photo. It was with like Fuji Superior 400. Um, RIP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just like immediately I was like, wow. Well, and I think too, like, because I did the things like I was, you know, climbing on a light fixture to get the photo. Like, like mm -hmm. I felt this call to do all that. And then when it, I got the response that I wanted, it was like, okay, this is, this is making art. You know what I mean? Like, this is what the artistic process is. Was the response that you wanted external validation via social media or from your own? <laughs> yeah. Genuine um, question. Genuine. No. Question. And you know, what's funny is, and this is as short winded as I can make this. I have been the kind of person where I make, I get interested in something. I make it my entire personality <laughs> and then I lose it in like, a year or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many people that know me have seen me gone, go from like, I moved out to New York when I was 19 to be an actor and a model, made that my personality, came back, did, you know, played college football, made that my person, you know, and I've done this. So when I posted it, people were like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. they were we go, so again. used to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I got none of that. I got no external validation, but I was so happy that I, created something that you know my whole thought process with it when i first started is like i just want to make shit that looks cool to me and that's all i care about totally and agree. it looked cool to me and mm -hmm. that felt like enough for the first time in a really long time i was like oh there's no there there was no like well it could have been better oh well it doesn't look like so-and-so's picture it was just that moment between me and this environment. And I was with my brother, my girlfriend, his girlfriend. So it was like a really special moment too. And it was just like, it checked all the boxes that I needed. And it was such like uh, something again, like I'd never experienced before. And I think again, had that instance not happened, had the roles not worked out that way. I don't know if I would be as hooked as I am now, but, uh, but yeah, I really, I gotta say, so I'm sort of the same, like, you know, I've, bought guitars and i was going to be a musician yeah. like it was all right. with the comfort of like i always had a nine to five like i would never sure. like totally the thought idea of like packing up moving to la to like be an actor or something like, <laughs> fuck yeah. no like i would never right. have done that like yeah. i've always done these things with the comfort and the like sort of uh parachute of like hey i've got my job like i'll be good right mm -hmm. and to be honest, I, th I think you need a lot of credit for that because like you, you took a lot of opportunities in life to like take chances and understand and try to further understand who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't think, I think you'd be surprised the amount of people who like judge you less for, Oh, this isn't, he's trying another thing and are more like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like trying yeah. to figure out your thing. Cause I've right. been there. I've, you know, this podcast is an extension of like me trying to right. figure out my thing. Like yeah. same thing with photography and mm -hmm. music and like whatever you try, like at the end of the day, I think there's a lot to be said for taking those risks and, and putting yourself yeah. out there, which is, I think is really fucking cool. Yeah. And I mean like, you know, props to you for kind of doing the exact same thing, uh, but a little more dramatic, you know what I mean? Like you just, you just <laughs> dropped it all and said going all in. But I think, yeah, I think like with, um, with doing that, like, sure, it sure would be nice to have a lot more stability because uh, mm -hmm. I've done this a lot. I'm a very much like pack it up, restart, move across the country kind of person, um, which has been 
awesome sometimes, <laughs> sarcastically. But I think like I'm okay with it because I have so many experiences now. And like, mm -hmm. it's cool because I have a lot of stories and like, you know, a lot of things and friends and whatnot have come from this thing. And I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, I hold that to be a lot more valuable than like, well, if my car breaks, I'm walking to work because I can't afford <laughs> to fix it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that, that stability would be nice every once in a while, but like, yeah. you know, experience. I think wise. one of the great, I think one of the great lessons that I've learned in life is that, uh, the, the what's it like a uh, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans like yeah. you can you can like lay out a roadmap for everything that you ever wanted in life and there are people by all means that like write a to z and are living yeah. that path right. i was never really that person like i mm -hmm. i wanted to be a professional football player i wanted to be yeah. an agent i wanted to be a lawyer i wanted to do, I wanted to do all these things i had no like real real rudder like i wasn't sure right. where i was going and mm -hmm. that's probably closer to the norm than not. But right. I think like without the benefit of life experience, you can't figure out who you are to then understand what you want to be doing. Like right. to me, right. like 18 to 22, like when everyone goes to college, you shouldn't be going to college. You should be traveling the world. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. you, you should be learning about who you are as a human right. being. Because right. like you... Like I, at fucking 18, I'm supposed to know that I want to be an economics major. Like, no, yeah. I just did it. Cause I was like, I could probably do well in this. Like fucking, right. duh. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And the, and you, you like, you're Googling like the net worth of the average, <laughs> right. like how, what is the average income of a, you know, yeah. exactly. And you're like, yeah. this seems like it would make money. Now at this point in my life there, I mean, listen, there are jobs that I take for paychecks and that is yeah. because I have rent to pay. I've yeah, been exactly. blessed. I've been blessed with, uh, the ability to do well in the last couple of years is I've made this my full-time career and I think I'm right. lucky, but like I do a million things. It's not sure. as if like, I'm just sitting here and like, hmm, maybe someone will call me on Monday. No, like I'm uh, like fucking chasing down opportunities. I'm like, uh, it's constant, but like, I think you're if just you don't... DMing Instagram models. That's it. That's all you're doing. <laughs> yeah, all day. Right, right. No, actually I only wait for Let's them to do me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Gotta wait for them to, yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. Right. But no, it's, it's like, this is like a creative lifestyle is really difficult for people because I don't think everyone understands that it's not like, I hate the fucking term entrepreneur, but like, if you don't have the drive to like start a business right. and create something from scratch, you're not going to be successful. Sure. I've sure. always been blessed with the ability to just do shit and like right. this podcast. Hey, I want to start a podcast. How do I do it? Boom, 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 boom. Right. Do it. So yep. If you don't have the ability to like sort of maintain uh that like balance between work and life you you it's tough to be in these kind of jobs which i think right. is what ultimately weeds down the people who are capable of doing it mm -hmm. um as of late you've been doing some pretty cool shit you mentioned that you just shot your first bts for uh, i don't yeah. know if it's a movie or a show or whatever yep, movie movie I've, do I've done a couple of those jobs i think they're the most fun i think that's like yeah yeah I mean, that's like sort of the, uh, we're similar. We both love street photography and like did yeah. uh, equally, that's sort of like the path that I'm trying to go down as well. Right. Um, tell me what that experience was like for you. Cause I, you know, we both love movies. So it's like, I right. feel like we can, yeah. Yeah, no. And that's, I genuinely think it is. I mean, and I will say huge props to Ben, the director, um, kind of a little bit how it came about. Uh, I asked a friend how, to like get into the industry kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, he's like, go on Indiegogo, go on Kickstarter, 
look at yep. movies that are looking for funding around you, message them, mm -hmm. ask if they would like behind the scenes. Now, there's a lot of debate on whether you should offer your services for free or if you should get some money. I am not a professional photographer yet. Um, mm -hmm. I am in the sense that I've made money from it and mm -hmm. I'm decent at it, um, but I, it is not my job. So I knew that I need to take a chance and maybe do this one pro bono. And I reached out. It was the first person I reached out to about this. He said, yes, I came. I, I shot on three days. One was in October. And then two weeks ago, I shot for two days over the weekend. And it was genuinely like I had another one of those moments like, oh, my God, if I can somehow do this for a living. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I would ever think of this as a day of work ever. Like it was such a yeah. blast. They they were so kind to me. The director actually likes my my street photography stuff, and he was like, "Just do that, you know. Yep. Just do that thing here, and that's all you have to do." And it ended up being like a some of my best work. B the most fun I've had photographing, and see like like and like you said, we both love movies. Uh, and so just getting to see, cause I'd never been on set before. So mm -hmm. getting to see how it's made is also like, it's like, okay, I get to be on set cool enough. I would love to just do that, but I'm also getting to like document it too. Good Lord. Like, can yeah. I, you know, all I can ask for more is to eventually get paid for it. So, mm -hmm. you know, what have I, you done in that realm? Uh, so I've done a couple, um, real quick. Uh, so first of all, the sure. debate on free versus paid, uh, yeah. People have this conversation ad nauseum. Yeah, and yeah. the thing that bugs me is that like we are all in different circumstances and what we're like afforded the opportunity to do, right? Yes. So if you're in a position where you can do something for free because yeah. you want the opportunity, mm -hmm. why is that a problem? Like people look know. at that like, oh, you're taking away a paid up. No, no, no. If they're going right. to let you do it for free, they're not paying someone else to do it, right? That's not yeah, exactly. Right. That's very right. seldom not the case. Right. Um, and I think it's important for people to understand that if you are in a position to be able to do something for free and it's going to be something that you want to do, just fucking do it. Like, right. why? Yeah, exactly. We, we have in our minds that this is taking away or whatever, detracting from, no, no. There's, right. there, I've never been offered an opportunity to do something for free that people were going to yeah. pay me to do. First, yeah, exactly. like let's right. call a spade a spade. Yeah, I right, right. I, I just like I love that debate because people get like all up in arms and defensive about it, and I don't think it's like a fair, like argument, right? Like, no, I agree. I agree completely. So I and like I, and good. You can go. Yeah, I was say I, I like that you did it for free because you know you don't have the experience. You never done it before. What? How am I supposed to articulate to you that you should pay me a certain amount of money to do something I've never done before? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And funny enough, he was talking about it. He's like, I just don't think we have the, cause it's, it's a, like a crowdfunded Independent. Yeah. project. And they were like, I just don't think we have the budget for it. And I was like, okay, so here are my options. One, ask don't for money, do it. Yeah. don't get the job and don't get to do it or mm -hmm. do it for free. It's in the area I'm in anyways. I'm not losing money by doing this. Mm -hmm. And now guess what? I have it on my resume now that I've done this. Future people don't know if I got paid for this or not. It's not going to say on the bottom, did for free. Mm -hmm. They're going to see that I shot behind the scenes for a movie. And now I have this on my resume. Now mm -hmm. it's on my website. Like, that is why I did it. Mm -hmm. 
I totally you know? agree. I uh, I've done things. Uh, I, I seldom do things for free now, just because you know I've been doing this long enough. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Where yeah. I would have to be extremely selective about something that I do for zero because I'm, yes. I'm, I'm compensated quite well for the shit that I do. Mm-hmm. The idea of doing something for free now, it would have to, I don't even know what the opportunity would have to be. It would have to be to a do. big opportunity though. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be something crazy. All yeah. that is to be said is I still, to this day, will tell people this is my rate for this yeah. job. If they say our budget is X and I'm okay with it. I'm going to do the job for less. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. People from a business perspective need to make those decisions for themselves and then also not fault someone for doing that. Like, right. That's my high horse. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no, and I, soapbox. I, I that, yeah. And I that's think like, like you said, you mm-hmm. said, um, you said like it's circumstantial, right? Like, you oh. know, it, it's, it's, like there's there's someone I know that got reached out to by Kodak to do mm-hmm. like partnership stuff with them, and they like were like, "Well, what are you gonna pay me?" And it's like, "Well, it's I'm I'm sorry, it's fucking Kodak." You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're a, you're a film photographer, like at least get your foot in the door. Don't don't worry about money now, and then you know like. Okay, so this is one well, of those instances where we we can have a friendly debate about this. If Kodak's sure. reaching out to me to shoot for them and they want to partner. I get that. Yeah. I Kodak, get that completely. Ha- Kodak has the means to compensate people afforded. Sure. Uh, right? I, I understand that for sure. I, I'm I'm more so talking about if there's a band I want to shoot, they don't have a yeah. budget. Yeah. If there's like this BTS thing, you're doing an independent right. film, their budget, the entire GoFundMe was probably maybe a million bucks, you know, small right. amount of money. Of course yeah. they don't I have. I think this was 50000 Oh shit! Wow. Okay, that's yeah. even smaller, yeah. dude. Right. I, I I did BTS on a on a show. Um, mm-hmm. Truthfully, it was the worst experience of my entire life. <laughs> and and to be fair, is why I'll never do anything like that for free. It was too much sure. of a time commitment, too much of like yeah. a chaotic mess. You just have to be choosy about what you do for things. Yes. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. It just really depends on circumstances. Right. Um, and like you said, like if someone is reaching out to you for your services. And they have somewhat of a but the means like Kodak. I do understand that, like the means to do it. I guess like this was me reaching out to somebody else, going, "Hey, let me do this," and then it'd mm-hmm. be weird for me to turn around and be like, "Actually, well, here's my you know what I mean." Hundred percent, no experience. Hundred yeah. percent. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's all it's all individualistic per the opportunity, which I think sure. is important. Sure. Um, yeah. And also, like how you handle yourself in those situations will go crucially far to like how your reputation is proceeding yeah, and, right, and, right. and what opportunities you're afforded in the future. Yeah. So like always be mindful of these things, like right. dictionary definition of don't bite your nose, spite your face. Right. Um, right. Exactly. And the cool thing is, is like, so this was a low budget project, like as low budget as it gets, but they had a director of photography that um, was doing a favor for his wife, who was the co-director Mm-hmm. And you know he just he just was the cinematographer for that new Spielberg show that just came out on Apple TV. So it was like, how the hell would I have gotten in the room with that person had 100%. I not taken this opportunity? So it's like, I'm at least all. And could I have done this and it been a nightmare? Sure. Yeah. But then at course. least you know at least I wasn't investing any of my own money into it. You know that's life. But luckily it wasn't. Uh, I think that goes crucially far to also like discuss how like you handle yourself as a person in the rooms that you're in. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in 
social media and like what's not real and then like when they're yeah. in the environment they think of themselves as like sort of not a human like they're just like this like faux celebrity yeah. of themselves exactly yeah i want to say maybe 90 to 95 percent of every opportunity i've had since i became a full-time photographer was other people putting my name out there yeah. versus versus me doing the work right right the work percent the way that people talk about you in the rooms that you're not in is what's going to be paramount to your success right. in right. whatever profession you have. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we get sort of uh, caught up not thinking about that, right? So right. that that to me has been a, a great lesson because especially in a in a field where I have no connections, I don't know any people, I'm all doing this for the first time. Sure. Like how you treat people and how you operate in the situations that you are afforded the opportunities to be in. Right will go extremely far like you said you met a dp who worked on a spielberg show yeah yeah in right. in his mind if you're a good person you're funny you have a good time like you're you're doing professional work there he's right. gonna think like hey we need someone to shoot bts for this show what was that guy's name again Boom. yeah exactly right no and it, yeah and like i think that i think that's you know, people are going to remember your work, right? But now mm -hmm. we are kind of in an age where we know so much about people, both mm -hmm. because we have more access to people, because we post more about ourselves, all those things. Um, you can't escape reputation anymore. You know, yeah. how many people have we worked with where, you know, uh, they may be a talented person, but they suck. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, yeah. they just suck. And it's yeah. like, those... In, unfortunately a lot of the times it does seem like those people do get a lot of work you know what i mean you know it's one of those things it's like uh man oh shit i'm gonna butcher this whatever the, <laughs> you could be an absolute shitbag like you yeah know, there's plenty of like million two million follower instagram photographers yeah. that you know are pieces of shit mm -hmm. but they're like still shooting the cover of vogue like whatever cool yep. good yep. for them sure yeah I think as I get older, the things that I care about are less of like what I'm doing and like more of how I'm doing it. Like you mentioned, yeah, yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned artistically the street photography thing. Like I think my documentary photography uh, artistic style is what has gotten me a lot of opportunities to do BTS stuff to do. Right. Like I'm shooting a show in a couple of weeks for a, a major brand and I'm shooting all their BTS because yeah they like what i did last year and like yeah if you're I, i'm much more focused at this point in my career of honing my artistic voice and less mm -hmm. like worrying about well why haven't i shot a cover of something yet you know what i, I mean? agree i agree yeah and i guess that that is a conversation that you know we can have here and and i will say prefacing this um i know that this is i promise this is not coming from an entitled place um, because I'm not, I am not inflating my self-worth or whatever, but I am so much more interested in people seeking out my aesthetic and like, or, you know, I hate the word aesthetic, but like, but my thing mm -hmm. more so than me trying to fill the needs of some other company. Totally now, agree. I get that you have to work to do that. And I also get that that's why I haven't made money from doing this but it's kind of that thing like i if i am just doing something because you know i i am just translating something for someone else it's just as meaningless to me as working as a middleman in a corporation 
-hmm. And it's sure it's still artistic. And I get that a lot of people would love to just do that. Like, Hey, at least it's what I love to do. Who cares if it's not exactly how I would edit it or how I would compose it, you know, whatever. I just, I just really want to build myself up kind of from the ground zero, you know, ground up. Um, so that people are seeking out my look, yeah. you know, that, and, and so I'm in the process of exploring that, like, how can I, you know, garner that attention or garner that, um, that need from other people that they want my thing, mm -hmm. you know, more, more than the opposite. But. So I totally agree with you. I think like most photographers, that's the thing that I've struggled most with is like identifying my voice as a yes. photographer right. and what I want, like a photo of mine to look and feel and say, right. And that is an evolving situation. 100%. Um, I was on a, a week or two ago with my buddy James and I was like, when I'm scrolling Instagram and I see one of your photos, I don't need to see the name to know that it's your photo. And he mm -hmm. surprised me when he, when he told me that he was really never felt that way. Like he doesn't feel wow, like he's yeah. got like his look or his feel. And that, right. that surprised me. Yeah. Similarly, when I'm scrolling my feed and I see your photos, I know that it's you without seeing yeah. your name. And right. you said you're working on that as well. How has the process of trying to unfold your artistic voice matched up to like sort of what that process has been like over the two and a half years that you've been doing it? Sure. Um, and I will say returning, you know, I also, you know, when I'm scrolling, recognize your stuff right away as well. So like, it's cool that Thank we you. are getting to a place now that we can, we can say that and, and, it, you know, have that. I think that I think that's every photographer's like goal is is to have yeah. their work be recognizably theirs. Mm -hmm. Now with me, um, because I think too, because I'm so early into it, that I think something that artists should do, and I think what a lot of artists do do, uh, is that at the beginning they emulate the people that they find you know, artistically cool. You know, when mm -hmm. I, if, if you watch even, even in movies, you'll see directors where you're like, Oh, those early movies are very reminiscent of this. And then they say that this was their favorite movie. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you look at my early stuff, I was so entranced by like Saul lighter and these, you know, abstract long lens people. And a lot of all of my work was that for my first year, I never went wider than 90 millimeters. Like I oh, shit. never like, I thought 50 millimeter, I was like, not interested. Don't, you know, I, I would sit there and look at these New York street photographers using 28 being like, yuck, you know what I mean? Wow. And then, so all of my stuff looked like Saul lighter esque, you know, whatever, like a bastardized version of it. Yeah. Um, but then as I consumed more and more art, my limits and what I thought possible and what I find technically achievable and, 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 uh, you know, attractive has changed as well. So, you know, I went from Saul Leiter, Ernst Toss, those kind of people to like Alex Webb, where he's using a 35 and there's so many, you know, it's still a, a compressed image, but now there's multiple elements in those things. And I think that has given me a lot more voice than, than just being another person with an 85 millimeter lens shooting a sole subject kind of thing because i think you see that a lot yeah and i think that has done more for me and my exploration of my of my thing 
than anything. Because then now I'm watching movies and they're using 12 and 18 millimeter lenses. And I'm like, holy, you know, holy shit, this is, this is so much that I never even thought possible. And now I'm finding that influence in my work now. And I think it's going to be really cool, you know, if the world is still revolving in, in 10 years, uh, yeah. you know, 20, 20 years to kind of look back at my work and being like, oh, that was my Alex Webb phase. Oh, that was this phase. And hopefully by then it'll be like, now I'm, now it's just my thing, Ooh, you know? I like um, that. Yeah. I and it's now, now it's just recognizably my aesthetic and people are going, oh, uh, you know, and not saying I want influence, so to say, but like, I would love for people to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's Teague's thing. You know, like that, that's yeah. what he does. Uh, and people are taking influence from that. I think that's kind of the end goal with it. I love that. I love all of that. Um, I really, 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 really relate to that. Yeah. Um, it's a work in progress. It, it really sure. is. Like yeah. to me, I don't even shoot. I don't like, I, I, this is crazy. I don't even shoot 35 millimeter film street photography anymore. Like yeah. shout out to Lynette, uh, my dear friend who I love dearly. Um, she's the best, but I, had her on my podcast we met through uh stefan vanasco who's a real one and the best um mm -hmm. and she shoots street photography on her hasselblad and i was like yeah Wait. like when we first spoke a couple, <laughs> when we first spoke a couple years ago i was like i have a hasselblad i was like you shoot street mm -hmm. photography that thing and after having done it the first time it changed my experience with yeah, street photography yeah, permanently exactly and that's like my thing now like i just right. love the opportunity to take that fucking monster clunky <laughs> mirror out <laughs> Here, and watch. watch yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And walk <laughs> New York city and shoot with it. And like, to me, right. it's not, it's not something that I started doing and it's not something that I've spent a lot of time doing, but it's the thing that I do that I love to do. Right. Yeah. And it's an evolution of your work. Right. And similarly, yeah. like when I'm in studio with models, like your girlfriend can attest to this. Yeah. I've, I've gotten to the point where the, shooting of polaroids has become something that i just i i care more about the polaroids looking good than i do about like the work yeah right? yeah 100%. which is like Absolutely. maybe maybe a little dumb maybe not but for no, me like not in terms all. of like what i want to create like i get excited when the polaroids come out and they look fucking good versus right. like oh cool like this digital photo that i took that it's going to go in your book looks good right to me yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's very funny how but like again to what you said that like that's like the the expansion of who I am as a photographer mm -hmm. and what I'm mm -hmm. trying to do artistically and finding those roads and avenues that like work for you take time. Yeah, and I think too um you know finding those things finding I, I so per, uh professionally I'm a personal trainer. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Uh and there's something I talk a lot about um I talk about software updates a lot in terms of like Okay, when you first get started, you just have to focus on doing, you know, like when I first started photography, I wanted to just have a fucking roll turnout. You know what I mean? Who cares about what the photo is? I just want it to work. And so like with fitness, it's like just getting in here, doing some of the workouts. That's the first step. Then there's form and all these things. And then there's programming. And then there's, you know, uh, progressive overload and all these things. And each time you just, you know, you get good at the thing and then you software update. Now you expand. And I mm -hmm. kind of think of that with my work as well as like, you know, had I seen my work now two years ago, I'd be like, 
what the fuck? Like, I, <laughs> like holy shit, that's, I would have never imagined taking something like that or probably finding it all that good because my mm -hmm. taste was so different back then. But what's cool is I can still shoot that stuff. Those tools are still here. I am just now using those tools, building off of them, and then creating something with all of them and maybe something more cohesive and something bigger. Um, and I think, you know, even with like your Polaroids, you know what I mean? Like that's almost, you've gotten to a point now where you're simplifying your thing and breaking it down to its simplest form. And then that's probably why it's so cool to you is because it doesn't, there's no, you know, huge technological, uh, you know, feat of, of engineering and, and Photoshop and whatnot. Like that's the photo. Mm -hmm. And so when it does come out, you're like, hell yeah. Like that is its purest form and not in the sense of like film is it pure, whatever, yeah, not right, that right, conversation. Right. Yeah. But you know, like that's, of that's probably, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, uh, it may feel or seem to people like a step back to, to use a Polaroid instead of a Leica or a Hasselblad or a digital camera. But like you see that with our, I mean, look at Picasso's work. You know what I mean? Like his got so much more crazy and abstract until it went back to like the simplest stuff. And I think that that's growth. I think that's cool. That's the cool thing about art, but you can still shoot the stuff that you were shooting a year ago. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what you've just described is what in my estimation it, takes and is required of becoming a mature adult and uh, yeah. growing as a human being because a lot of shit gets lost in the shuffle but if you learn and you have an experience and you're able to take that lesson from that experience and grow and move yeah. on and take whatever life has taught you in the moment whether mm -hmm. it is a great success or a great failure if you're able to take the lesson from those moments and this could be anything work yeah. life Creative, right, yeah, creativity, yeah. relationships, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you can take those, put it in your tool bag and then take those lessons and then be able to grow from it. I think mm -hmm. ultimately that is like what it means to be human and grow. Yeah. Exactly. Which I think is, is such a beautiful thing that you just said because it gets lost in the wayside. It really does. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, with, with art and especially if you're trying to make a living off of art, you're uh, sometimes you're not thinking of the process as much as you're thinking about the product. Mm, and yeah. when, you know, if you are mindful of why you're doing the things you're doing now, I will say I'm neurotic. I <laughs> constantly think about this stuff. I can't help. But like, if I, if I take a picture, I go, why was that interesting? Oh, I trace it back to this movie I just watched six months ago. Like, that's just how my brain works. Mm -hmm. But if you're not doing that and you're just kind of doing things and following uh you know a, a, a trail of you know, smoke i think sometimes that's where people plateau is because mm -hmm. they end up just following the momentum that they've created for themselves instead of uh instead assessing. of like yeah exactly assessing and and taking step by step and knowing where you're going and what i think that i think that I'm I'm thankful that I've done that because I think it's created a path for me where I'm doing a lot better work than had I just stayed not complacent but mindlessly doing things. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think with the benefit of time and age, uh, you get to an understanding of that whatever great successes and great failures you have in your life, they are inevitably leading to the same place. Yes, which which unfortunately is no longer being alive. Right. So, yeah. Right. Right. Over the course of the, your life, you're going to be 
have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and mm-hmm. how you're able to take the lessons that those benefits and negatives have for you is what inevitably gets you to a place of comfortability in your own skin right. that I right. think thankfully I've reached at what I would hope is like an advanced early timeline. Like sure, sure. A reoccurring thing early on in this podcast was like, could 25 year old John have learned the lessons that it took 35 year old John to experience? And right. I've come to the realization that no, you cannot. Right. right. Life unfurls for you in a way that is on your own timeline and your experience is what it is when it is. And as much as we would love to like have that remote control from click, that's not how it works. <laughs> right. Yeah, and exactly. I, and I think that in a lot of ways, that's the beauty of life. And that's also yes. like what makes it super hard sometimes, but very hard, very being hard. able to have the experience and learn either wh- whether it be artistically or relationally or work-wise, whatever is what inevitably gets you to be able to be in the place to create the things that you want. Yes. Yes. And I think, I think that's what surprises me a lot about people who aren't exploring just, uh, you know, not, not their, but exploring their interests further. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I, I think about that very thing. And I, I had a moment, it was two years ago, actually three years ago where I heard an album. Uh, it was a uh, long season by Fishman. It's a deep cut. Um, I heard this album and I had a realization that this at the time was the greatest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. I was like, wow, again, unlocked something. This is something I didn't think possible. But I thought, had I listened to this even a year prior, but let alone 10 years earlier, I wouldn't have liked that at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's strange when people don't dive into things further, where they like they find something they like, and they're like, I found my thing that I like, and I'm just going to, you know, if it's, if it's an artist, you know, if, not going to name names or something, but like, you know, if like, if you find an artist, whether it's like a radio played artist, and you're like, well, I'm good. This I'll just is, listen to this. This yeah. is cool. I'll just listen to this for the rest, you know, whether they have like a big enough discography to do that. But like, you know, it's the same thing with like, you know, we're talking about movies earlier in the last two years, I've watched more movies than I probably have in my entire life combined. Mm-hmm. And it has done so much for me artistically, but also as a person, you know, like there, there's just like, uh, I've, I not to say I'm, smarter than anybody else, but I'm certainly smarter than myself three years ago for having, you know, explored these things too. So it's like, I think so many people get comfortable in that, that first or second layer of themselves. Yeah. Complacency. Yeah. And then, and, and, you know, cause don't get me wrong. It's taken a lot of scary stuff to get to the point where I'm at, but like Mm -hmm. now, now I'm obsessed with that. Now I'm almost doing it to, to a fault where I'm like, I need to find the newest artist or like trace the lineage of music, you know, musicians back to my influences, influences, influence, you know, those kind of things. I'm like almost doing that too much to where I'm like (laughs) hunting nuance and novelty. Um, And I need to maybe like (laughs) rewatch some movies every once in a while kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think what you were saying too, like that is life. That Mm -hmm. is life is exploration it's uh you know self exploration you have to find out you know why you get mad when you see a certain commercial or you know what i mean that's what's interesting and i think that's what makes good artists um as well like if you listen to any of you know i'm sure any of the people you've been influenced by if you listen to an interview by them you're like wow 
they're operating on a different wavelength. And it's, you know, maybe sometimes it is because they're more intelligent than us or whatever. But like a lot of the times it's because they've taken the time to explore, um, you know, what makes them an artist. And I think mm -hmm. that frees up so much about yourself. And I think you were saying that too about when you left um, real estate and started, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, these pictures that I'm taking, you know, this is me uh, not projecting, but, you know, finding the loneliness in the world that I'm feeling internally. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that did a lot for your, um, you know, introspection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's important. I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, the great understanding that we're all human going through this for the first time like yeah 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 whether like you know whether it's your 70 year old parent or you know a, a 55 year old whatever or a 12 year old or whatever like when you like understand that we're all kind of doing this shit for the first time and making yeah. the best of it i think you can kind of like give a little bit more grace for people to maybe not be on the same wavelength as you right emotionally or mentally sure or, uh have the same uh you know understanding of like you know, your chapter two is not the same as my chapter seven. And, right. and like, we're allowed to yep. disagree on things, but like we live in this echo chamber environment that doesn't allow for discussion or dissertation or disagreements. Sure. And sure. unfortunately, the inevitability is that it leads to the collapse of society and, yep. and all of yep. that inevitably. Yeah, sure. But right. if we're able well, to... We're going to be there with a camera. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> Documenting the fall of all yeah, of it. Right, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But like to <laughs> to some degree, if you're able to like start realizing that everyone sort of goes through the same bullshit, and we all just want to be loved and understood and appreciated, like I think things could be just like ten percent better. Like I'm not asking right. for hundred percent better. That's oh, a pipe dream. No. But you know, it, it is it is a, a reality that we are all just fucking monkeys trying to figure the shit out, right? Right. You know, right. It, it is what and it is. <laughs> exactly. And if anything, we're a testament to like. Uh, how simple a change can be, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like we would, we would have been vastly different people uh, had we not taken the leaps that we've taken. Yeah. And to know that one person is, is one life decision away from maybe being something completely different. That's also like, that's also a, a line of empathy that you can follow. It's just like, you know, these people all are capable of great change and great, you know, influence. While I've reached a point of where when bad shit happens to me, I still obviously get upset. Sure. I've also started coming at it from a thankful place, which has allowed me to take that negative experience and learn from it quicker. So sure, sure. whatever happens, whether I'm like stewing on it for a week, a month, a year, whatever it might be, I will inevitably get to the place of, okay, I'm good with it. It's right. getting the amount of time that it takes to get there has dramatically shrunk because like, I think that just happens with age, but yeah. ultimately you reach a point where like the negatives ultimately lead to better growth and better opportunities. And just like you being able to be a more complete person later on. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Which is, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, dude, I'm, uh, I'm incredibly appreciative that you uh, hopped on with me today and had this talk. I mean, we could go for fucking hours for sure. I was going to say, we, could, uh, we didn't even get into film versus digital. We didn't even get, we didn't there even get into it. Episode two, we will, uh, we'll extol the benefits of digital versus film or vice versa. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm immensely appreciative for your time today and uh, super thankful that yeah. you came on the pod and uh, can't wait to do it again. And uh, yeah, go... of course, anytime, you know, let me know. Go Lions and uh... <laughs> yeah, go Lions and 
Ravens and Ravens? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah, fuck the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck the Chiefs. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck but uh, have a great rest of your day, man. Really appreciate you it. You as well. Out. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm honored. Truly.